0: Good morning. It is January 25th. It's a gloomy and sweltering morning in New York City, and this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. This morning's big news in the New York Times is Tuesday night's big news in the New York Times, or the paper's ongoing effort to digest Tuesday's news. What does it mean that Donald Trump won New Hampshire? In the second column from the right, the story is, Inside Capital, GOP rushes to fall in line coalescing for Trump faster than in 2016. Once again, the paper is basically mistaking the static for the dynamic. Republicans are lining up faster behind Trump in 2024 than they did in 2016 because there is no other plausible place for them to line up. He's been in control of their party for eight years. The majority of the party's voters are loyal to him, ahead of the party. And physical harm might come to you if you cross him. It's not a new plot development, it's just the state of things. Next door to that is a news analysis piece, which turns its attention to the fact that most people hate that state of things. Why Trump is vulnerable despite wins, the headline says. The answer being that he's a creep, he's a crook, and his political movement is repulsive to the people who aren't true believers. Outside the soft bubble of Republican primaries, the Times writes, Mr. Trump's campaign is confronting enduring vulnerabilities that make his nomination a considerable risk for his party. Those weaknesses were laid bare in New Hampshire on Tuesday, where independents, college-educated voters, and Republicans unwilling to dismiss his legal jeopardy voted in large numbers for his rival, Nikki Haley. Right around the jump, the story turns to the fact that Joe Biden is also wildly unpopular, but it concedes there's a difference between Biden's unpopularity and the unpopularity of a candidate who lost the last presidential election by making himself anathema to large swaths of the electorate. Above the jump, on page A15, is another piece of news analysis. A truly, truly remarkable feat of thinking in public by Jonathan Weissman, the ever-reliable interpreter of the mood of the American people. Here he is waxing politically savvy. Under the headline, Haley ignored lessons from underdogs of New Hampshire's past. The thesis here from the political reporter is that Nikki Haley lost because she didn't give enough access to political reporters or otherwise emulate the approachable campaigns of candidates who famously pulled out big wins in New Hampshire. This thing takes up more than half a page, including two photographs, and it's entirely perniciously worthless, except as a warning sign of how the Times' political operation is completely unable to understand anything about the election, and probably about American politics in general. Jonathan Weisman is really out here trying to act like there was some savvy strategy that could have kept Donald Trump from crushing Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. There wasn't. There never was. Nikki Haley could not possibly beat Donald Trump with Republican primary voters in 2024. If you think she could, you're lying to yourself. And if you type up those thoughts and publish them, you're lying to the public. It's like opening your medical chart and reading somebody talking about the balance of your humors. The most striking thing about it, in fact, may be the way that Weissman's attempt to place the 2024 New Hampshire primary in historical context reveals that the stories that professional campaign reporters tell themselves about history are just as pointless as their attempts to explain current events. Who are Jonathan Weisman's avatars of New Hampshire campaigning done right? Who are the counterexamples to show that if Nikki Haley had just run a campaign more appealing to Jonathan Weissman, she would have had a chance to turn herself into a winner? They are John McCain in 2000 and Hillary Clinton in 2008. Anyone want to tell Jonathan Weisman what John McCain in 2000 and Hillary Clinton in 2008 had in common? That's right. They lost. They let reporters on the Straight Talk Express, or they showed tears in their eyes, and they gave the reporters a great story to write about a victory in New Hampshire, and they got stomped in their own party's nominating contests. There is nothing in this piece of news analysis of the primary election campaign that tells you anything about what it takes to win a primary election. And lest you think it's just the domestic political staff of the Times that's incapable of describing basic events, The rest of the top of page one, with a big colorful photo, presents the story of how Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi has opened a new Hindu temple, an occasion for great rejoicing among his Hindu nationalist movement, a symbol of his political power and unassailability, a moment, the Times writes, of triumph for Hindu nationalists and one of jubilation for many others who care little for politics. And then only after all that fanfare does the Times get to the fact that the temple was erected on the site of a mosque destroyed by the in a defining act of anti-Muslim eliminationist violence that inaugurated Modi's career. The fact that this temple supplanted the mosque is the entire essence of its political meaning. You don't give the fascists seven paragraphs about how proudly they're stomping before you get around to mentioning who it is they're stomping on. That is the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And if all goes well, we'll talk again on Monday.